0: Before we get started, I want to thank our sponsor, Omni Studio. Omni Studio is the most advanced on-demand audio management and publishing platform. You can find them at omnistudio.com. They're based out of Melbourne, Australia, and we'll hear from the CEO in the middle of the show. I met Jan Ilunga at Podcast Movement, but I had been following him on LinkedIn and other places. Uh, really cool guy, entrepreneur, of course, into podcasting. And he has a really cool story. He doesn't look like he's from Switzerland, and he lives in Finland. Well, I'll I'll let him tell that story. But welcome to Podcast Movement Sessions. I have Jan Ilonga with me here. He's all the way from Finland. first Podcast Movement?
1: Second one. Second one. But you came all the way from Europe because? Well, because I live there, and this is the best conference in the world, so I had to come here. All
0: right shameless plug let's start out your journey now when i heard you were from finland i kind of looked at you and you don't fit the mold so
1: uh tell me your story yeah absolutely well even where i'm originally from if one were to see me across the street probably wouldn't guess that i'm from switzerland and the funny macaroni accent i have is because i'm from the italian speaking part of switzerland so we speak several languages italian is my mother tongue we speak german french yeah. In my case, because I've been living in Finland for almost seven years now, is Finnish as well. So yeah, I'm a polyglot, I'm a podcasting consultant. I have several podcasts. My latest one, which is really the main one, is called The Podcast Lab. And it's all about podcasting, pretty much at 360 degrees. But I do so with a different angle if you want, compared to the other shows about podcasting and as for how I ended up in Finland, years ago I was traveling across Europe with a friend of mine for two months. We hit, I think, a dozen countries or something like that. And I had done my bachelor or undergraduate in uh, in Switzerland and wanted to do my master's or graduate degree in uh, abroad. So every time we would hit a city that I liked, like Dublin in Ireland, Spectacular, and other places, I would check what programs they had because I started communication, so I checked if there was something that went in that direction. Helsinki fit the bill, and then I met girlfriend. So it was a win-win situation, and now I'm, I'm basically a Finn. <laughs> win-win for you. How about for her? Well, I, I, I hope so. Otherwise, <laughs> you would have already kicked me out. Along I'll follow that. up with her. <laughs> no. So uh, what drew you to podcasting in the first place? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm a person, Bill, I could literally listen to music 24 seven. Mm. I could uh, wear headphones from the moment I wake up, could fall asleep to music. And that's what- What's I, your favorite music? Uh, we could be here the whole day talking about music. Well, I listen to a lot of- Right music. now, what are you, what's on your playlist right now? Yeah, so I listen to indie rock, I listen to acid jazz, I listen to jazz music. Well, one of my favorite bands are Jamiroquai from, from the UK. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of uh, Amy Winehouse. I've been listening to some Marcus Miller because I like to play some bass guitar as well. Yeah, I'm all over the place, really, when it comes to music. With the exception of hard rock, metal, and classical music, I listen almost to anything.
0: Okay, so you were saying your music is mostly in your earbuds, but the podcasting part.
1: Yeah, exactly. So there was one day where... uh, I was studying for, for my exams at home and for, probably for the first time in my life I didn't feel like listening to music. I still wanted to listen to something, have something in the background and I didn't know what to do. So I just did a random Google search, came across this thing because it was a random thing for me back then. It's like, oh, I wonder what is this thing? And I started... What with, year is this? We're talking about 2013 or twelve. Yeah, and I think end of 12, maybe, something like that. So I listened to this this podcast and it was an interview. I was like, oh, this is really interesting. And then I started to listen to more and more and more podcasts. And then I said to myself, oh, I could see myself do something similar because I had some, uh, some experience with interviews because I worked at a music festival in Switzerland for a few years and for the press office there and because I speak several languages I got to do uh, radio interviews, radio translations video interviews and things like that. Then I said to myself, okay who do I know, who do I have in my network of contacts, who's an interesting person, not so much for me but for somebody who would potentially tune in. And I said, well I have so many connections in the jazz world because it was a jazz festival that I work at. And I said, well let me start to kind of Open my contact book and see who would fit the bill, and then that's where my first podcast, the Jazz Spotlight, was born. So I started episode one, super creepy to listen to right uh, today.
0: Creepy in what way? Just the quality?
1: Well, yeah, lots of different reasons. Yeah, yeah, I would say pretty much for everything with the audio quality, the kind of the hosting in a very mechanical way. The intonation was pretty much monotone. Were, I wasn't really using my voice as an audio content creator should, also in terms of the intonation, the rhythm. So, yeah, you, but, you know, you've got to start from somewhere, I guess. <laughs> Hello, everyone. This is Yanni Lunga from the jazzspotlight.com. And that is exactly what Jan
0: was talking about. Now back to the interview. Were you building your entrepreneurial business
1: at that time? Yeah, no. Back then I was working as as a journalist for an English language newspaper there. And basically the transition I made was that as I was podcasting, I would follow more and more of these entrepreneurs and digital marketers. And I realized that I really would have liked to have conversations with them, but I couldn't really invite, let's say, somebody like... Pat Flynn, for example, on a music business podcast like the Jazz Spotlight. <laughs> so I asked myself, how can I, how can I kind of change things around? And that's where my second podcast, the Three Sixth Entrepreneur, was born. And I really leveraged that show as a relationship building asset. So I would use it to to connect with the people I looked up to. And as I was doing that, I started to do more and more uh, solo work. So freelancing. I've developed websites. I started helping. Uh, people I knew with uh, digital marketing, social media marketing more and more, and as I was doing that, and as I was a podcaster, I realized that people started to ask me podcasting related questions over and over again, from which microphone I used to how I managed a regular guy like me to interview, for example Grammy Award winning artists or new york Times bestselling authors and how do you how do i if I were to record a podcast, how do I share it with the world? And I would answer these questions by email, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, whatever. And at some point I said to myself, mm, I keep getting these questions. I think I ought to take a step back for a second and assess the whole situation because there, is, there may be something here. There may be room for something. And that's where I decided to kind of change the focus of what I, of what I was doing. And at that time, I had already started my own company. So what I was doing as a freelancer, I started to really do it full time. And that, that's where I started to offer uh, podcasting-related services. So consulting and basically the questions that I was asked, I was still addressing them, but now I was getting paid for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a great thing.
0: So and we talked a little bit last night about your journey and stuff, but what would you say, like, if there were one common thread or one common thing for new podcasters, what would you say? What, what's the biggest challenge just in general for folks? I have Sharon Taylor here from Omni Studios. What does Omni Studios do, Sharon? Omni Studios is an enterprise podcast host. Measurement, monetization, podcast hosting, sharing, distribution, the whole nine yards. That's what Omni does. And you have an Australian accent because you're from? New England. No, Australia. Melbourne, Australia. That's, yep, 30 hours away. If I'm a company that's thinking about doing a enterprise-type podcast, you're the guys to do it. I would hope so, yeah, for sure. When you're ready to take your audio to the next level, that's Omni Studio. You don't deal with the content, but you take care of everything downstream. Correct. We're Switzerland in terms of ads and content, so whatever you want to make and however you want to monetize it will help you do that. Otherwise, we're just the tech play, so the best tech in the business. Great. Omnistudios.com.
1: Yeah, I think that actually it's something that is true for new podcasters especially, but even for podcasters like you and I, Bill, and is to sometimes we tend to compare our chapter one or our chapter five to somebody else's chapter I don't know, fourteen or twenty-five. And we all do it because we all have people we look up to. But I think that it's important to keep in mind that if somebody is where they are, it's because they're doing certain things. But it doesn't mean that if we were to follow those steps exactly to really emulate them, that we would get the same outcome. So I think that it's important for everybody to keep in mind that this is a long journey and building a community, an engaged quality community, really takes time. And oftentimes, especially new podcasters say, yeah, i mean it for the long run. But then after a few months... They, they think about quitting, why? Because they are having certain numbers and they compare those numbers to those of very successful podcasters. And what I like doing, Bill, is when somebody tells me, for example, I only get 75 downloads an episode, I ask them, when is the last time you were in a room with 75 people where their attention was on you? And people often go like, wow, I've never thought about it that way, and I say, That's exactly how you should think about it because we're talking about people. So stop thinking about downloads or plays or whatever in terms of numbers. Think of them as people and you would start to realize what responsibility you now have. And that means that it adds pressure, but pressure pushes you to your limits. And when you get outside of your comfort zone a bit, when you get a bit uncomfortable, that's where you really shine. You don't see
0: people listening or hear them listening or whatever so you don't ever get that feedback loop whereas if you're in front of a group it's different.
1: Yeah exactly and I think actually what you just said is a tip for everybody who's starting out who wants to host a solo show and they may say to themselves well I feel weird talking to the wall I understand because I do host a solo show but what I do is as I'm um, as I'm recording I picture a single person so I'm basically having a conversation with one individual. Sure, I'm still staring at the wall <laughs> or the, the view outside the window, but thinking about it in terms of me actually addressing somebody makes it feel less awkward and I think that when one then listens to that, it really feels as if it's a conversation, it sounds conversational versus sounding mechanical and um, now I'm thinking what to say because I feel weird. Then that also makes for a not so good listening experience.
0: Now, how do you coach people that have that particular issue where they feel comfortable reading and having a script, but it just falls flat? I think you touch upon a very good point because. I think we're doing a good job together. We're going to help a bunch of podcasters here, brother.
1: I'm not, I'm not going to. Uh, you said it, you know. I, I, hope, I, hope, <laughs> I hope people enjoy it. No, I'm really having fun with you, Bill. I think you touch upon a very important point because you use the word script. I, for example, don't use scripts, never. What I do is I use Trello. Are you familiar with Trello? Okay, I use Trello, and I have some some bullet points there. So I can visually see where we are starting from and where we're going to get to by the end of the episode. So I think the first thing is to assess what is the best way for you to kind of feel comfortable. Is it to actually have a script to read? Is it to have bullet points like I do Is it to have I don't know slides visuals so I think that's the first thing then the second thing is to really practice because as I was saying it, it does take time and it's really about being as conversational as possible and also start to learn how to use your voice so early on I was saying for example in my first episode or first podcast ever I was really mechanical, I didn't know how to use my voice, I didn't know how to use silence. And I think that's something, also when we host interviews, for example, we think that if the guest is taking a break, that we we have to jump in. Where with experience, then we learn that sometimes silence can be very powerful, also for the listener, because we give them a moment, a second or two, to kind of let the concept sink in.
0: Oh, you're absolutely right. See, I paused for a split right. second. <laughs> but what, uh, so what's your feeling from this podcast? We've been here a few days, a couple of days. How did, how are you enjoying yourself or what do you get taken from this one?
1: As we were saying, it's my second one. I was in the Chicago edition two years ago. And yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm speaking tomorrow and I really love the vibe here. I've connected with so many people. I've connected with, with the members of my community, listeners, clients, colleagues, but also with a lot of new people who I had no idea who they were, no idea what they were doing. And I would say to anybody who's thinking about attending podcast movement, they should definitely come here. There is plenty of value in the sessions, but I think the overall experience and the fact that there are so many people doing so many different things but also similar things because you can also learn by uh, by having conversations with somebody who's doing something completely different as well as with somebody who's doing something similar because it doesn't mean that because you and I decide to uh, host two shows about, I don't know, fishing, for example, that is going to be the same thing because you have your style, I have my style. You have your charming accent, I have my funny macaroni accent. <laughs> <All
0: right. laughs> No, I absolutely agree. And I've had, I've had the best time. And one of the things that I love, and I'm so glad to be hosting these sessions, I get to meet people like you. Because you, even if you talk to somebody for five minutes, you don't really see why they do what they do. And and to me, just to be around you is inspirational, to be honest with you.
1: No, thank you. I, I agree with you 100%. And also, it's interesting because, because of the medium we have and we love so much and we use our voice. We have the luck that when we may have listened to somebody's podcast or we have interviewed them or whatever the case, when we do meet in person, like here, for example, it feels as if we already know the person, whereas with blogging, for example, or textual content, we may think, oh, I wouldn't have pictured Bill as somebody who had that kind of voice, for example, or accent or whatever the case may be. Well, the biggest thing I realize is I'm much taller than the average person. <laughs> you know, you know, it's funny you say that. Height. You know, it's funny you say that because I would say probably two-thirds of the people who meet me, who already know me or follow what I do, they tell me, oh, you're much taller than I thought you were going to be. And to me, I have to say that oftentimes when I see some people, I'm like, Oh, is he really that short?
0: I thought he was going to be much taller. I think the same thing, man. I was like, <laughs> the guy's under my armpit when we we're taking a picture. It's like, maybe we should sit down. Yeah,
1: no, no. I'm not going to mention any names. No, no names. I, do at every... I love them no matter well how tall they are. Yeah, no, no, I agree. The, nothing against being, being tall or short, but really, it's really interesting when you get to meet him in, in person when... You have a certain idea of a, of a person. Perhaps you have seen only on video or on pictures, and then you meet them, and they are taller, or shorter, or stronger built, or you know, whatever. But that's also what it's so fascinating about actually then meeting in person.
0: It is cool because it's it's not like you have to start from the beginning. You kind of start from a foundation. But I really appreciate your time. This has been a lot of fun. And what I really love about what you're doing is you're not just telling somebody quick. You know, here's how to do something quick, I'll get them in and out the funnel and all that. You're actually trying to tell them the real story. If you're serious, this is what you need to be doing. And to me, we're never
1: going to evolve as an industry or media if we don't get this straight. Well, first of all, thank you so much, Bill, for the kind words, for the interview. I've had a lot of fun. And I agree with you. And I think the final thing I would say to, to everybody is that remember have fun because it's important because fun is really the fuel especially when you're maybe having a hard time or or anything like that but then i would also say remember that the bar is raising and i'm not saying this to uh, scare everybody away but this is the truth there are more and more professionals uh, celebrities media corporations entering the podcasting space and we could have an entire debate about whether the type of shows they create are podcasts or radio shows but the point is that if when I started with my first podcast for example in the Apple Podcasts New and Noteworthy section out of 10 podcasts maybe one was hosted by a professional and nine were by independent podcasters like you and I now we are at a point where the tables haven't completely turned but is, is getting toward, uh, toward uh, a landscape where there are almost more podcasts, let's say, showcased that are produced by, uh, by professionals. Sh- sh- show, uh, so remember to have fun. Remember that you are a podcaster. You have a responsibility to be as good as you can be. And remember that is a long-term thing. So there are no quick fix, no matter what budget you have, no matter what industry you, you're in, whatever. Regardless of what your podcast is all about, it does take a lot of time, sweat hard work to build an engaged community. So Bill, thank you. And what can I say? I love podcast movement so much, man, really.
0: No, this was a lot of fun. I, I love spending time with you and uh, seems like everybody every time I see you both you and I are smiling so something good's happening.
1: Oh man I couldn't agree more yeah yeah <laughs> all right.
0: Thanks everybody for listening to podcast movement sessions. this is building a wiki saying stay tuned. there's more to come and check out podcastmovement.com for the 2019 session down in Orlando, Florida and thanks one more time to Omni Studio Omni studio for all your enterprise podcast needs.